Welcome to the Push Performance Podcast. All right, guys, what's up? Welcome back. Today, we have our dude back, Simon Matthews from the Dominican Republic. What's up? What's good? Not much, man. It's good. It's good to be back on with you guys. I missed all of yeah. you except for Jordan. Mr. Oh, Jesus, except for Jordan. What do you think about that, Jordan? Not surprised. Um, Simon, have you met our new guy, Andrew, besides the, his uh, interview? I was on his interview and then didn't know, didn't even know he got hired like a week ago. So what's up, Andrew? Yeah. Congrats, brother. You literally yeah. texted me during the interview and said, hire him. Yeah. Yeah. And then I didn't know if you came through and you did. Good work. Yeah. So <laughs> announcement via podcast, we hired, actually, Eric is full time now. And then Andrew uh, motto is a new hire. So he's a kind of tell us about you, Andrew, a little bit real quick. Yeah, so graduated from Point Loma uh, this past year. Um, have some training experience under my belt. Trained up at uh, Driveline, trained with Trad Athletics. Um, kind of went through the ringer with the whole throwing slow, then training to throw hard. And then, uh, yeah, kind of right here. And, uh, yeah, happy to be here. I'm doing the strength and throwing internship, so that's pretty sweet. Get, get to get mixed in on both. So a uh, lot to learn. Awesome. And then we got our normal normal staff here, so – Simon, what's good, man? Tell us about what's going on in DR, how you liking it, enjoying it, loving it. It's, it's been a blast, man. Uh, just just a lot of a lot of the same energy of like guys getting after it as I as I experienced, you know, falling in love with push uh, last last summer when we were just grinding through the shutdown. So it's been good. Games games just started uh, a couple weeks ago. But it's, dude, it's 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 a blast. Baseball down here is nuts, and uh, and and the kids are loving it. They're working their asses off. It's been awesome. So, how many orgs have teams down there? Every org has at least one, nice. um, and then some orgs have two. And it's the usual suspect, like the Yankees have two. Th- those kinds of teams have two. Nice, the big market guys. Yeah. So what's what's kind of what's your role right now? Um, we got two pitching coaches down here, so I'm I'm one of the pitching coaches. Uh, rookie level rosters are are 35 guys, so we 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 need extra bodies, um, and it's a it's a development focused level, right? So trying to get these kids as much personal attention as we can. What are the what are the, age, what are the age groups you're working with? Like 17 to 20. Um, there's been a little bit of a weird crunch, kind of same as all throughout minor league and college baseball of uh because nobody played last year right so we've got like two signing classes worth of guys here um that have you know they're they spent the year getting after it as best they could in in venezuela and the dr and colombia and now they're here taking their shot so what's i mean going off that what's the biggest difference you see between the united states 17 to 20 year olds and the Dominican 17 to 20-year-olds? Um, I mean, they're still 17 to 20-year-old kids, right? So they're, they've got a whole lot in common with the, the late high school, early college guys that we train. Um, a lot of them are coming from, like, much more difficult situations, especially the Venezuelan guys. Um, and so we're seeing really, really awesome improvements. Just being able to get them – Good nutrition, good strength and conditioning, 
um, regular throwing. Venezuela was under a was under a lockdown that was one week on, one week off um, for for a while, and so they they you know they're doing what they can. But one of the crazy things that uh, I've been noticing is a lot of the bad mechanical adaptations that we see in a ton of high school players. You just don't see in any of the Latin guys that I've seen, um, especially early hip extension in pitchers. It's wild. Like we, we as American athletes, right, hear so much bad coaching from little league on up that we actually train our bodies and our movement patterns to be worse than they would be if nobody ever told us anything other than like, Hey man, throw this as hard as you can. So a lot of like, like use your legs, push off your backside, all that stuff that I'm sure, you know, all of us like brings back horrible, horrible memories, right? Of like JV baseball or something. Right. But, uh, that it, you, as as far as I've seen down here, you just don't see it, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, just over coaching, let kids pick up a rock, throw a rock, right? Throw as hard as they can. I mean, yeah. that's why I tell Easton and Maverick, I like throw this ball to me as hard as you freaking can. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's just not. Like, hey, put your hand here. Okay, pick the apple off the tree. Throwing, <laughs> you know. To, to be fair, Easton and Mav are throwing plyos, running around push yeah. too, so they're they're ahead of the game. That's throwing all not because anybody games. told them to, just because they found them on the floor. <laughs> yeah, then they'll bounce off the trampolines, but yeah, bounce throws. It's new. We're adding that to the uh, ply routine. You jump off a trampoline and throw it in the air. It's pretty cool. I'm First of all, it. yeah, pre yeah. athleticism. I think that's like going back into the overcoaching thing. I think that's one of the big things that, I mean, we see here and I feel like the question isn't asked enough to athletes about there's so many athletes come in and talk about like early hip extension and um, different cues like that and how people come in and we try to train them out of it, but we don't ever really ask, okay, like what have you been taught before? Cause it could be just something that's ingrained in them that they've tried to do a hundred times. And they got to the point where it's turned into something that it wasn't originally supposed to be and it turns into a bad habit. And so rather than just trying to coach them out of it, like taking what they were taught and almost trying to transition it and try to build, bridge the gap from like what they were taught into what you're trying to get them to do. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it, yeah. He's still there. Yeah, he's, he's, still, he's still there. I, I, I was he's... nodding. I was, I, I don't know. <laughs> with all of that that sounded really smart taylor good work <laughs> thanks simon appreciate it First time. Can hear you yeah, we, yeah we can't, i can't i can't you're... see you nodding or anything you can't hear it yeah and i i'm, I'm not in the room to pat you on the back I would really... jordan got it <laughs> um so what's what 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 deficiency what's a common deficiency you do see in the dominican player um it's it's just under training for for the most part guys guys that haven't had access to the kind of weight room facilities that we have in pro ball um right and so you know weak weak scaps that kind of thing that um that i think is is a major major advantage we give to our guys at push right it's like we get youth guys middle school guys high school guys training Right. Um, even if they're not strong enough to be 
lifting a ton of weight, you know, they're, they're building a strong base, which, which has been, which has been awesome. Oh, we, have, dude, we have some young ass kids right now that, you know, Eric and Andrew have been doing a great job with, you know, just teaching them how to move, like crawl and do all those cool things. You know what I mean? And the fact that this is literally the, like everybody says, it's the lowest hanging fruit, you know, and yeah. that's something that can be addressed, you know, in the state on state side, it's, it's easy. You know, mm-hmm. and there's so many resources, but you know, we have all these kids that walk around thinking they're the shit in here, but they have no idea what's happening in other countries on the ba- development baseball side, the natural ability of the baseball player, you know, yeah. and you know, they, they just rely on their talent and they're gonna kind of just fail essentially if they just rely on their talent. They gotta really focus on the development side, the strength side, the you know, taking advantage of what we've given them, what Driveline's given them, what's Cressy's given them, you know, all those cool uh, organizations or companies out there. And, you know, it, it's just different here, right? And that's go leads to a double-edged sword like we just talked about. It's the positive of the coaching and the negative of the coaching, you know? Yeah. And gotta, goes, it goes back to communication like we always talk about. And uh, I think that's just something we need to preach to our guys is, there's someone in the DR at your age throwing 94 at, with zero coaching. So once he gets coaching, he'll be 100. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty just, cool. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Um, Noah, what do you got for Simon? How's everything going on your end? Great. Yeah? Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, can can we pivot this into a Trey Goodrich love fast real quick? Yeah. <laughs> wow, by uh, the way. Trey Goody. Dude. Just uh, hounding Taylor to give me Goody's number so I can send it. Yeah, I need his track man report. Yeah, I just sent it to you okay. and Dan, actually. Cool. Um, Dude, that kid, that kid is, I mean, I I would have voted for him for, like, if we were choosing a captain of push performance for summer 2020, all the pro guys we had in, 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 in the gym, and I would have voted for Goody, man. That dude got after it, and he, he deserves it. He deserves all the, all the success that's coming his way. He, he just hasn't stopped getting after it. No, no. he hasn't stopped getting healthy. Now, now he's doing it with a smile on his face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he smiled. He did smile like three times all all of twenty twenty. Yeah, it was, very straight face. It was really great to see, honestly, because like that's all you see with Goody normally is he just comes in, keeps his head down, puts the work in. Um, you know, he's been waiting for the results to come for a long time, and seeing his face after that bullpen yesterday. Like that's that's why you do that's it. why we do what we do. Yeah, and, and he was doing it in everything too. Like he was getting after in the weight room, in his A block. He was his the diet. most disciplined. Yeah, nutrition I've seen like ever. Um, he just he just kept coming. He just kept coming, and and that's I'm so happy for that kid. You know what Noah said? What did he say? Like Goody's nutrition doesn't compare to his. <laughs> that's, that's that's definitely true. Uh, <laughs> Different ends of the spectrum, though. Yeah. Hey, Goody eats plants from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something that doesn't come in a foil wrapper. I mean, is he... <laughs> it's cool. It's cool to see just the work he put in and. The dialogue that you, Simon, and uh, you, Noah, have had with Taylor. You know, that shows yeah. right there. 
the athlete buys in and the staff buys in, you know, it's it's endless, right? And I mean, what do you talk about the other day yesterday? 93898938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938938
vertical approach angle again, seeing which ones are going to kind of tunnel with that fastball that we chose to kind of hone in on. What do you got, Andrew? Yeah, I think from uh, from all the, like the movement standpoint, like with the track man, I'm still learning a lot. Um, that's kind of like where I'm I'm missing the most amount of knowledge. Uh, I definitely like my end, like I'm, I'm trying to learn more about that rather than, than like gaining the VLO kind of thing. Like that's probably where I'm, uh, have a little bit more understanding, but like, I think Noah kind of hit the nail on the head there. Like, um, yeah, lower arm slot guys, horizontal breaks going to be the, their best friend. Uh, I'm really trying to like emphasize that. Um, and then big like lateral trunk tilt guys, um, getting the, 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 uh, vertical break is kind of a, a key point that they're going to need. Um, and yeah, I think you hit it. Simon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it, it goes into two just like trying to accentuate what whatever makes a pitcher different or weird, right? Because at the at the end of the day, you beat hitters by playing with expectations, right? And so if if the way you move naturally leans you towards more lateral trunk tilt, um, then uh making sure we can we can like maximize your potential for vertical break and then also teach you how to use it right so that's 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 a huge thing that we um i think have come across uh at push over the last year plus in az right is that guys especially juco guys college guys and even some pro guys right they they come in and there's just something that's awesome about them right but when but if they get off a little bit, they don't know how to fix it, and then they don't know how to maximize what's awesome, right? So if you're a vertical break guy, you need to know how to throw strikes at the top of the zone, not a high fastball at the shoulders, right? And if you're a sinker ball guy, you're gonna need to you're gonna need to play more laterally towards the bottom of the bottom of the zone, right? More more traditionally, but maximizing what makes you weird. Um, and different uh and and then most 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 importantly communicating with strength and pt in order to be like okay this is what the expectations we have on the mound are for uh let's say a joe gavin right he needs to be able to do this really well um pen murphy is going to be completely different and and understanding that and being able to communicate that um, with the whole with the whole group, right, is how is how we're able to best serve these guys in order to maximize their performance. And you know, especially at push, right, we're going to send guys off somewhere. We're going to send them out to play pro ball. We're going to send them out to play college. We're going to send them out to a high school season, and they're not going to have Noah standing next to the mound with an iPad but they are going to have his voice in the back of their head being like, Hey man, like this is, this is, this is the, this is the fix. When, when you have this, when you have this miss, when your heater flattens out, what do you got to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. On our end, you know, guys with high vertical break, we see that better lateral trunk, trunk flexion, right? And with that lateral trunk flexion comes with better pelvic height, you know, pelvic movement. Um, you know, it's, in our assessments, we can, before a guy even sees a guy throw, we can see, all right, well, their pelvis is doing this when they do a lateral tilt, 
or their T-spun rotation is doing this, right? They're contralaterally tight or whatever it may be. Like, okay, well, he's, you know, he's going to have, if he's getting good lateral flexion, he's probably going to have pretty good high vertical break, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's something we can train into. Like a kid like Trevor Meisner, for example, right? Where he's, he's building his velo up, but his vertical break is probably one of the best we have, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah. It's mm -hmm. like average like 22 and a half, top 24, which is absurd on the track, man. You know, and so I'm gonna play into his program. I'm gonna program a lot of lateral lateral flexion patterns, like some windmills, some you know side plank with the reach through, you know stuff like that, just to increase that lateral trunk tilt. Um, who who did Penn Murphy? You Taylor? Or Brandon? Yeah. So like, talk about Penn Murphy now. What was your kind of goal with him? You know, since he's not a high vertical break guy, how did you address more of a sinker sinker ball, low arm slot guy? Yeah, so and kind of like you'll see a lot with like side armors. I know Tyler, one of them, where he he's like side arm. He's severely submarine. Severely submarine, <laughs> but he starts low and kind of stays low. Yeah. Whereas Penn would kind of start a little bit higher, more like traditional. So it looked like he would come over the top, and then you kind of dump into that. You kind of sit back into his back hip, and then just kind of ride it out as he rotates through. So finding exercises that kind of put him in that somewhat of a, a back hip position so he's able to ride out and able to like hold that er hold that abduction in the hip um as he kind of rides that mound out um but putting him in like a bunch of we do a bunch of like split stance so we do landmine rows dumbbell rows just putting him in that position that he would that he would ultimately throw in um and then thinking about like the rotation so when we would do med ball throws we do we'd almost kind of get him in that trunk tilt a little bit more into that forward flexion pattern when we do shot puts or when we do scoop tosses and just kind of finding that that middle ground while he's throwing or like and it, of course the med ball stuff will go down as he started throwing more and more and more but as he's ramping up that throwing kind of building that capacity up through med ball work in that same position that he would throw i mean it's just planning for different guys mm. essentially and that's why that data they have data data whatever tomato tomato you know, it's so important to us, you know, mm -hmm. and at some point your movement quality is your movement quality and you're, you're going to move the way you do and you gotta, you gotta go perform, but we got to play into your strengths, you know, we're not going to just address your weaknesses, but we can play into your strengths. Absolutely. And, and also if we, if we have good communication between the throwing strength and PT staffs and a guy comes in with the flattest heater anybody's ever seen, just one thirty stock right off the shelf great value brand fastball, right? We need to know which direction makes sense to go, right? Because one, one of the old school ways of doing things is like, hey man, if that fastball don't play over the top, we're gonna drop you down. And that might make sense for a lot of guys with the way they move, but another possible option to get the best performance goals for them would be to sort of pattern in more lateral trunk tilt and you guys seeing them on the table and seeing them move and putting them through their first weeks of programming, we can make a much better educated decision about which direction we should go that might actually work, right? Um, which, which, which is how we can like really start to impact people's careers. Yeah, just, I mean, it goes all back to movement quality. I mean, this is some the common theme every single week, you know? And if they're, Unable to stack their thorax, they're starting, you know, over their pelvis, they're starting behind the eight ball. And if you're a high vertical break guy or a sinker ball guy, your pelvis is stacked, right? Tyler Rogers to a submarine, his pelvis is still stacked over 
is thorax, you know, and it's just different planes at different angles. And we need to train those different planes in different angles, you know, and not allowing them to lose, you know, or, or not, not allowing them to just go cheat into, into those positions, but dominate those positions. Right. And that's where Brandon, you're so good at on the breathing stuff is like you, you can't breathe through a pattern. You don't own the pattern. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and you know, we, we, something we, we can mess around with is a lot of ISO holds and positions that we replicate on the mound, breathing through those patterns. Right. And if they can't hold that, you know, in like three weeks, four weeks in their program, they're not breathing through that position. They're probably going to be the opposite of what you think they're going to, they are in my opinion. Right. Do you think so? Yeah. I mean, I think it just depends on how far down the spectrum they are and how, you know, compensated to begin with. Yeah. Um, I mean, if somebody is just beginning a compensation, then it'd probably be a little bit quicker to get them out of it possibly. But if, you know, a guy's been doing it for years, then I think it, yeah, it'd probably take maybe a little bit more than, you know, a week or two to, to get like, you know, like noticeable yep. results. But I mean, you could probably definitely get some, some sort of adaptation, yeah. some relative movement in there. Some like a guy, like you said, Simon, a guy with 130 and 14 vertical breaks, right? Like what's still <laughs> Blasted. What, 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 what direction do we go with them, right? And splitter. Splitter, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> teaching the splitty. When, when in doubt. <laughs> you know? Right, right. But but in, in, in order to make an, make an improvement, and, and Dylan, Dylan ended up um, working himself through uh, and really improving his fastball profile as well. Um, but the – the base for movement quality needs to be there because you've got a you've got a flat fastball patterned in for however many years you've been playing baseball and in order to change the way you throw you have to change the way you move um and in order to still be good your movement still needs to be good yeah i mean that's and that's a constant grind too a constant battle you know and that's where injuries pop up guys you know usually relatively most injuries we see are early in the year right just because they didn't throw right but the the, the injuries we see at the throwing program is poor going into spring training or the college season or whatever it may be the guys injuries we see later in the year are more movement quality issues would you guys agree with that uh typically yeah typically but like there there's so many other things that go into play yeah like what what happens with their workload once they get to the org and you know stuff like that too. yeah so i mean like early in the year it's like a throwing pattern later in my opinion I mean, I guess if you're overused and overused, that's different, right? But for me personally, I've seen, you know, when our guys get injured, it's more so it's like, all right, well, you lost X, Y, Z, you know, in, in July, August, September, you know, right. early in the year, it's like, hey, you probably should have thrown more. You you didn't throw, you threw twice a week. Like you just babied your, your bullpen, your position player just took it for granted or whatever it may be, you know what I mean? And first and foremost, when you remember that arm strength is built in the weight room and arm conditioning is built through throwing, you know, and addressing addressing those two things simply right there and early in the year and then addressing movement quality later on or throughout the year, I guess. Do you guys just hear DJ plug his article? The article's dope, by the way. Like, I'm not knocking on it, but he, <laughs> he, 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 he slipped that in. There was There was never a chance he wasn't getting that plug in. That was smooth. Respect. Thanks, that's, 
that, that that's what a decade of running put performance gets you. That just like they just slide it right in there. I'm new at this podcast shit though. <laughs> this, is, this is all new for me. I'm the only one talking. Nobody's fucking helping me. So <laughs> all the coaches are looking at me. Talk to you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Jordan, what do you got? Sitting over here doing talking nothing yeah. with a man bun. Nobody can see Jordan's man yeah. bun. What what's I'm Jordan got other than a bad haircut? What do you got? What do you got? I don't know. I like what Simon said. <laughs> oh, okay, I got something. <laughs> All right, Simon, so with, and this could be for Noah or Andrew, but so many athletes come in and, like, where you're talking about, like, where they're kind of in the middle, so whether you don't know whether they're, like, a two-seam sinker guy or they're going to be a high-profile, high um, high vertical break guy. Um, and usually it's a high school kid or generally college guy. It's very – I feel like a lot of times by the time – Hopefully, guys, when guys get to pro ball, they already know who they are as a pitcher. But a lot of times in college, it's like the pitching coach may pitch them a certain way. They come here in the offseason. They come in here in the summer. They build an identity as a pitcher. And then they go back to school, and that communication is lost between the coach. Or the coach doesn't want to change his ways. And so he still throws them or calls pitches the same exact way he did the year before. And sometimes that may work in college for your learning in high school or whatever. But then by the time you start moving up levels, that shit ain't going to work anymore. So how do you – is that more of a, a conversation between the athlete and the coaches, or is that a conversation that you as a pitching coach need to have with the coach or with the pitching guy, or kind of how does that how does that relationship work with all that? I, mean, I think it just – I think it ultimately comes down to uh, athlete education, and that's what I was going to chime in earlier too. Um, when we're trying to change movement patterns and everything, to create buy-in, you got to educate the athlete on – why we're doing this and what this data means and you know what what plays at what level and where at in the zone and everything and ultimately if you have that conversation with the athlete and they know what they're good at they can have that honest conversation with their coach as well like you know face to face with their coach and say you know here's my data that i have from the summer and this is what it means and this is where my stuff's going to play better, in my opinion. Just having that honest uh, conversation with your coach can probably go a long way. It also depends on the coach, too, right? The coach is. Because if he has a huge ego, old-school coach, and be like, fuck that, I'm not listening to this. Like, you know, like, you're doing my way. Or, you know, that's probably why there's 3,000 people in the transfer portal this, portal this year. You know? And that's unfortunate. You know, it's just uh, – what do you think, Andrew? No, I, I – once again, like, hit the nail on the head, like, if you, if the coach can't like buy into like what we have data to, it's like, what, like, why, like, why wouldn't you buy into that? It's like, we have the data, like we're giving it to you. And it's like, you know, there's really just no reason not to buy into it. If, if we can like literally prove to you that this is what's working and you should probably call pitches based off of what this guy can do really well and not really change it all that much. So, I mean, yeah, like, that's well, especially with, where the game is gone. Yeah. I guess everywhere you look, there's on the, on the board, you at least see the spin rate at the minimum, right? Every ball at yeah. the minimum, right? Right. The cool That's, parts have other cool met metrics that, you know, that we're talking about. Yeah. But that's, that's what you guys doing over there. That, <laughs> sorry. That's where the data is super important, though, too, right? Is because, like, Ultimately, the athlete does have to have a good, respectful relationship with their coach, right? 
And yes. so if they're asking the coach to make an adjustment with the way he calls pitches or like let the kid take the reins on pitch calling or just get it right, then you need to bring data because you, you better bring reasons. If you like, you like, don't just show up and have a conversation with your high school, college or professional coach and be like, you know what? I'm thinking I'm going to throw fastballs up in the zone this year. And he's like, why? And he's like, I just want to, right? Like, that's <laughs> not how it works. Right. So, so that's, that's one of the huge things that we're able to give to our athletes. And one of the, one of the main portions that goes into that conversation, right. Is like, if you want something, if you want something to change, you better bring a reason why. Yeah. I mean, client edu- athlete education. It's just, that's goes to you. Like, well, something I tell all of our staff is we can't just press play and walk away from the athlete. Can't just program the program it in team builder and go sit on your ass on your phone on the floor. You know, you can't just put it in their player development program. This is where your plyos sit your ass on the, on the floor. You know what I mean? It's, it goes so much farther beyond, you know, a, pr- a program it goes into coaching it goes into conversation it goes into discussions it goes into all those different things that there's a reason you have to a you have to have the reason why we programmed it b we have to explain it you know and those two things if it's a you know if it's a plyo drill or if it's a, a strength exercise those things need to be known the athlete the athlete needs to know why we program that you know and and they deserve to know why exactly and that's why they pay us money you know, and that's why people come to us. They, they, I, I hopefully they feel like they leave smarter, smarter, more educated as an athlete when they when they leave these doors. You know, and they go to their affiliates, when they go to their colleges, when they, you know. And I, I just, you know, the, the hard part is you can sending kids to high school. The high school is the toughest part, right? A lot of high schools can't afford it, or they're ex big league guys where they don't know how to, they don't care to read it, right? Or they just they did, it, they did it their way, and we saw that with one of our guys this year. And you know, they had, he had two different uh, voices in his ear, and didn't have a down year, but didn't have a great year, you know. And he got away from it. Now he's back to the normal person, like how he is. Like he's able to use utilize who he is as an athlete, you know, move the way he wants to move. And um, you know, it's just essentially not applying the data holds back the reins, in my opinion. You know, truthfully. And just not allowing him to be who he is, not having that self-identity. Every guy is different. That's why we program customized, customized program, you know? Anybody else? Yeah, that's a lot of time where athletes, like, especially like DJ said with the younger high school kids, they don't, they won't speak up. They'll kind of stay to themselves. Like, we'll walk them through why they're doing everything and what works for them, what doesn't work for them. Go to their high school and they're like, well, I just have to because I was told. Whereas you get a lot of pro guys, and it's not all the pro guys, but a lot of the veteran guys that like a special giants guys that DJ works with, they under they understand why they're doing what they're doing and they're not afraid to tell who the strength coach is or whoever's um, kind of monitoring their list and stuff like that. Like let them know like oh, like this is what works for me. Because in the end of the day it's it's your career. It doesn't matter whether you're in high school, college, Juco, Pro Ball, it doesn't it doesn't matter at the end of the day it's your career and you want you gotta do what what's gonna work best for you. Now there's ways to kind of go about that communication with the strength coach or the pitching coach the right way and then there's definitely a wrong way to do it as well but just trying to teach the athletes like that that the mid the middle ground of kind of that where that communication needs to lie and how you'll kind of get the best outcome based off of those conversations 
how do you how do you balance Simon being in the DR with the you know going tying all the stuff we talked about today was not over coaching, right? Educating the data and then implementing the data. Like how how do you do that in your role in the DR? Um, I mean it's 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 the same way I do it at push, right? Which is is just um I'll. I'll stand there if I have to with a, with the rap soto iPad uh, and just be like, Hey, this is good. Keep doing that. And like, just, just trying to set up constraints, right. Where, where they can, where they, where they can be like, like, Oh shit. Like I just threw a high fastball that was like kind of right down the middle and the kids fall under it. What's the deal with that? Like, yeah, uh uh-huh. It's almost like this stuff works. Um, Right. And, and that, that was the Trey Goodrich story, right? Like he, he threw a couple times on rap. So I'm like, what is going on here? Like there's, there's something weird about his heater and it's just hopping, right? It's just hopping. And, and, but he's throwing it pounding in the ease. And I was like, Hey dude, what if you throw that at the belt? And he just stopped giving up contact for the rest of the summer. Right. Just like, it was like contact became illegal. Right. And it's the same thing. You, you, you kind of tell them what you see and why it's good ask them to try something and then you bet that it works. Right. And, and if it works, then guys are going to keep doing it. I mean, that goes with our, 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 our exercise, right? We, we always test perform the exercise and then retest, right? Mm-hmm. And the range of motion didn't increase or the stability didn't increase or whatever it may be. It's like, all right, that, that one's not for you. Right. Or yeah. the cue is wrong or whatever it might be, you know, and you know, how, how can we dissect it and get them one percent one percent better every single day you know and yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, that's just something that's pretty cool you know how we've been operating all of us together is you know that this this is communication right here right it's not hey like johnny has a little bit of er issue um you know that that's it you know it's you know it goes from his er issue doesn't have thoracic extension right his er his er is not allowing him to you know, increased velocity. So like, how are we going to apply that? You know? So, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Pretty neat. Yeah. It all, it all works better if their communication is there and it makes it so much easier for us because everything is in house for the guys that do pitching and pitching or hitting. And for us, that communication is there of what each of us see. Whereas we got to chase video if they work with somebody else and it, it works out anyways, but it's a lot harder to try to chase video or chase, the communication there with the athletes, but if they're working with somebody else and we have to talk to them about what that coach is seeing and that communication is there, it just makes everything so much easier. Everything is under one roof and everybody can talk. The athlete can sit down with the pitching coach and the strength coach at the same exact time. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately we have guys, very few guys just throw like what? One, two, yeah. one, uh, if yeah, that one. one guy that I know of, if you, if you buy into the actual process, you're going to see the results like hands down. You know, like, just a little bit, you know, you're either going to have a better profile or increase your velo or whatever it may be. And yeah, I think that's pretty cool. All right, guys, I got a, I got to run here, but this was, cool. uh, this was sweet. Yes. Good to have you back. Looking forward to having you this off season again. Hell yeah. And let's know. Looking forward to whooping that ass on the basketball court. And golf yeah. Course. Yeah. Good luck. You golfing down there? I haven't yet, dude. Didn't think so. Dude, me, me and Taylor are going to be shooting in the 80s by the time you get back, so. Yeah, no. 
That's no shot, not to worry about that. <laughs> There's no way. Come on, Taylor. I'm not worried that. about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not worried about you on the golf course. I'm not worried about you as a hooper. I'm just. Wow. I'm, it, I just don't lose sleep over it. <laughs> all, right, all right, guys. Thank you. All right, all right, I'll talk to you later. Later.